And what that meant was, there's things that want to come in our heart, like jealousy, like fear, like all these, all those, whatever. It can, think of anything, lust. But you have to, just like it says in, uh, in uh, uh, one, of the, one of the chapters that Paul said, he said, take every thought captive under submission to the will of God. Take every thought captive. But you're not going to be able to do that, to be able to take every thought captive, to be able to take every feeling captive. Yes, there's times you need to take feelings captive. If I, like recently, and I want to expose myself a little bit, just so you, so that you may open your heart to expose yourself to God a little bit. Like Ron and Shane the other day. You know, you know, Shane's telling them to come over. They probably don't even know this is new to them. But I'm just exposing you. And, I, and if, I, if I, I'm exposing myself so that you can hear this. But if I didn't catch this, I could have had a whole bunch of crap that I didn't have to deal with. Shane was on the computer. And Shane said, Ron, come over here. Check this out. And he did it like two or three times. And there was that little bit of jealousy that I wanted to come. Why isn't he calling me over? What, what is it? It's like, I'm not, I feel like, I, feel, I started feeling left out a little bit. But I had to stop that right there, because if I did that, then I would have, I would have, I would have been coming here even tonight, feeling certain ways towards them, and not even knowing why sometimes, some, uh, sometimes why I'm feeling a certain way. But if I would have stopped that jealousy uh, the other day, then I wouldn't have to feel. But guess what? I'm not feeling any way towards them right now because I stopped that. I stopped. I caught it from happening. I caught it from dripping in my heart. You see, we're gonna get thoughts sometimes, but what we need to do is this little tunnel right here of when, the, when, when jealousy wants to drip into my heart, I have to catch it. Now, God's job is to kill it, but I have to catch it. Some of us have a mindset sometimes, and we're, and we're getting these thoughts, and we're trying to, oh, oh, oh. No, you just have to know God's powerful, and He's going to do it for you, and you, your job is, this, is to not let that thing entertain your heart. You have to bring it to Him, and then, and then expect Him and lean on Him to, to kill it. And God, that day, yesterday it was, he killed it. And then I, guess what? That jealousy that I was starting to feel disappeared. And I, and I was back in freedom. That, that jealousy tried to take me out for a moment and tried to, keep, it tried to bind me. But God was able to kill it. But if I don't catch it, I have, listen, in the, even though you're born again, you still have choices to make every day. You still have a sense if you want to call it like, like they say in the Joe's teacher. Well, you have your own free will. God lets us have our own free will. Yeah, but if you really want God to be on your life, if you really want God to keep you from sin, then you'll give up your will for His. I have free will to let my heart be jealous. I, I can do that. God, God will let me, ha- let me do that because that's the way He works. But do I want to live in my flesh? Do I want to live according to this world? Or do I want to live according to the kingdom? That's where in lies your decision. And that's why maybe God had me put that on before I preached this. Because if you don't get your will in line, I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about with the vision and, and here at hot and the things that are going on. I'm talking about in every area of your life, putting the will of God as the only will in your life. Every area. Because guess what? If you don't get your will in line in every other area of your life as well, even if it's just, even if your own will is just in a little small area of your life, it will start consuming another place, another place, another place. And soon as you know it, it's going from one percent, five percent, ten percent. And guess what? Now you're now you're doing your own will to the fullest. It slowly starts to build. It's not an overnight thing that the devil is able to capture the will of God from you doing it. But you have to catch these things. Now, someone will say, "Well, 
what, what, I have to be here all day, blah, blah, blah. I rebuke that, I rebuke this, I rebuke that, blah, 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 blah. But that's the one, that's what, like I just said before. You have to expect God to kill, to, to kill the drippings from the enemy. You have to expect God to kill the jealousy when it tries to rise up. You cannot, try, you cannot do this in the flesh. But at the same time, you have your part to choose him or choose the flesh. When you do this, when you catch it, when you catch your flesh trying to take over, guess what? The more you keep doing that, the less you'll have to do that in the future. Because, you be, because your spirit is start consuming you more and more as you're keeping yourself from the flesh. And the more and more your spirit consumes you, the more and more you'll be so dead to those things that when they try to drip, you only have to catch it. It'll, be, it'll, be, it'll catch, catch itself. It won't even be able to come in because you're so, because you're so consumed by God. The fire of God will just burn it. You won't even have to. So this is, it takes time and it's hard in the beginning, but this is how God, this is how it is. You, it says, walk by the spirit and you will not fulfill the deeds of the flesh. So in those scriptures right there in Romans, that's telling you that there's a time, even if you're born again, I don't care how born again are you, you can still walk in the flesh and you can still walk in the spirit and you can, cho- you have the power to choose that every day. It doesn't matter how long you are on this earth for, you will still always have a choice between your flesh and your spirit. Because in the Bible it says, in Revelation, it says that the, the saints, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they, get this, loved not their life until the end. So it's not, I'm not, I'm gonna, not going to love my life for another five years and then it, I have no, no, you have, this is enduring to the end. It gets, it gets easier and easier because your spirit is more, your, your flesh and marrow and your spirit are, all, are more separated. And the more you, you're, you're digging into God, the more consuming. That's why it took Jesus 30 years. But there's still going to be a choice to give your own life. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care. We can, we can go down the list of preachers. I tell you right now, they had to deal with their own flesh every single day, whether it was a little bit or big. You want to talk? Okay, let's talk about some big people. Leonard Ravenhill or, or, or people in the Bible, Paul. Paul even, the one who preached, who, who said the, basically most of the Bible, he said still, he still had to say, he, God still even had to give him a thorn in his flesh to keep him from pride. And he said something about, I forget how he says it, but he says something about how he's, God had to keep him from pride because of the revelations he was getting. So even Paul the apostle was still at stake of falling into pride. But God... This is that's in that one part he said, but Shane, Shane said in that one part, and it says it in the Bible that no man, no Christian, can do anything without God. So even overcoming your flesh, even saying no to these things daily, catching these thoughts, catching these feelings, you st- you need God's strength as well. But what happens when I'm catching these things? Where is it bringing me? When, I'm, when, the, when the, my flesh is trying to take over, when these things are trying to drip into my heart, where is it bringing me? It's bringing me back to the cross. It's bringing me back to intimacy with the Father. There's going to be times where it's like simple things. Where you know, you, you, you feel led and you want to pray and God's calling you. To, and then, I'm just, I'm just making it simple so, you can just, so some of you can get an idea. But, God, but you have that want. Oh, but I want, to watch, I want to do that thing. I want to do that thing. You don't have to give in to that all the time. You don't have to give in to that all the time. It's not I give in, I keep giving in until, uh, yeah, there's a dying process. But it's I don't just give in to anything that tries to come on my heart. I don't give in anything that tries to attach itself to my mind. I have a choice there. 
I have a choice. So I can still say no to even a good thing just because I want to do a God thing. Even if it's not even sin. It could be, uh, you know, my flesh wants to watch a movie, but I want to, but, I, but my spirit, I want to be, in, I want to, you know, be where he is. I want to, maybe he's calling me to, whatever. But I, I, yes, God, it's not like God's going to say, oh my God, you want No, but if that's where you want to go, guess what? If, if your spirit, you, you are your spirit. If your spirit wants to be somewhere else that your flesh is, is, is trying, besides where your flesh is going, guess what? Even a little thing that you do can be, can be dominating you. If your spirit, if your heart wants to be in a certain place, maybe it wants to be here at Hot on Wednesday, but your flesh wants to be in front of a movie at the movie theater. Yes, it doesn't sound like a big deal. It doesn't sound like sin. But if I'm so easy to give in that flesh, guess what? That shows me that I'm still being dominated by my flesh, even if that's not sin. Because Paul, and Paul said this too. He said that, he said, all things are clean for, are clean for me. But I will come under the power of none. I will, I will not let anything control me. I will not anything, let anything uh, take power over me, even if it's a simple thing. And I will not let anything bind me when my heart and my spirit are trying to go one way. I'm not going to let my flesh, even if it's not sin, take me. And you know what? If, I, if I'm going with my flesh, anything I do in my flesh really, or anything I do... Outside of God is really my own will. So if it's my own will, and like he said, in your own will, is there's four giants, I'm probably giving in to one of them. Whether it be lust or, or obsession or, 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 I don't, it doesn't matter. Or idols. Half, to, well, half of this stuff that I'm telling you right now, I didn't, I, I'm just trying to follow where I feel, what I feel the Holy Spirit's saying here, but... I, I wanted to do this a different way. But see, if I would have gave in to my own way, maybe some things wouldn't have happened tonight. Maybe this whole thing would have been, you know, I have to, I, you have to go by the Holy Spirit. You have to go by the will of God. You have to, you have to look to Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the grace, God. And you give us the power, God, to overcome ourselves, to overcome our flesh, to overcome the things that we want to do when we want to when we want to do what you want to do, and the things that we you want we want to do are trying to dominate us or pull us away. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you give us the grace, God, to keep us from going our own way, even if it's just a small thing, you know, even if it's just a small thing of giving into my will. It's, well, the words were up there, but it's still a little bit of compromise. You have freedom in Christ, but if you know God's calling you into something or wanting you some way or this or that or the Spirit is pulling, then if you, and you go and you still go to your flesh, that's compromise still. And then soon you, you compromise and sure enough, you start getting lax, like during this fast, right? This is, and I want you to know that this is, I, never mind, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> During this fast, right? Okay? You eat a little bit of chicken. You eat a little bit of, you have a little candy, right? And what happens? Then it's like, oh, your flesh got, ooh, finally I got something. And then guess what? Then you, then that guard goes down and then you start wanting to go a little more. Then you start 
wanting to go a little more. Oh, it's okay. It's not really big. Deal. Then you start developing this thing in you. It's not a big deal. It's not. It's not. It's. Then you start get. Guess. Guess what that little compromise is doing? It's developing mindsets. It's starting to change your heart slowly. It's the little. I'm telling you, nobody changes overnight. Whether it be good or bad, it always starts with a little thing. It always starts with a little bit of leaven. And I don't care if the leaven is a serious thing or or a bad or 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 not so serious thing. Things grow. Your heart, your spirit is a garden. If you put even the littlest pumpkin seed, you're at risk for something to grow, to grow in your garden. You didn't want pumpkins in your yard. You have you put a, that a little seed falls in there by accident. Oh, it's not a big deal. I don't think it'll do anything. But what if it does? What if it does start growing in the soil there? I could, you know, when I when I was a kid, and I, and I, you know, I celebrated Halloween when I was a kid. So relax, I'm not celebrating Halloween now. When I was a kid, I'd take the pumpkin and smash it on the ground, and then I was, you know, crazy and thought. And actually, it happened one time. But I would take the seeds and actually dig in. You know, there was like a, when you smash a pumpkin, there's so many seeds. And I took the seeds and dug it in the ground. I was like, let's see if something grows here. And then, sure enough. You know, there was a thousand, there was hundreds of seeds in there. But sure enough, at least two or three of them did. But how many of those hundreds that are, those hundreds of seeds that are outside of the kingdom of God, which one of them are going to grow in you and start harvesting you of, of the flesh, of the world? Honestly, this, this thing that I'm telling you right now is ministering to myself. Because I'm not claiming to be perfect. I struggle with things. I struggle with, sometimes I want to watch sports. Sometimes I want to do this. And it's like I'm, I'm, in, I'm in prayer and that little thought comes in and, I, and, and God's moving. And, and then I, all of a sudden I find myself one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours checking on what's happening with the Yankees. And I just probably wasted my time. Yeah, it's not, it's not, I'm not going to hell or anything, but what could have I missed where, when God was, some, where was going somewhere with me? And this is not just for little things. This is for everything in every area of your life. You, yes. You see, this is, this is how it works. Yes, we're going to make mistakes and fall on our faith, but we have to keep our heart intending to do the will of God, to, do, to, be, to be after Him constantly. Yet, if you, sometimes you can make mistakes and fall on your play, face, but sometimes you didn't have to fall on your face if you didn't change your heart. But if you keep your heart right, the grace of God lifts you back up. We know this. But, and some, some may question, well, because we've preached on this plenty of times about taking thoughts captive, taking things captive. But I'm telling you, sometimes I, I think that that preaching about taking thought cap, thoughts captive and things and, and, and holding your heart accountable and watching and praying for your heart. Sometimes I think it's one of the most underrated messages in the church because that what, how false prophets became false prophets, how false teachers became false teachers, how Joel Osteen became Joel, Joel Osteen started with a little seed. It started with a little thought. Well, I wonder if I could be a prosperity preacher. Well, I wonder if I can, you know, if I do this with the people, I can get more money. If I preach this, this message, you need to kill that. Because that, that message, you, you start entertaining us all, and then slowly your heart starts jamming with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so, suddenly, because people, this whole world, and we need feelings and emotions. But false prophets, they're feeling... And, and their emotions are telling them what they're doing is right. So when your heart gets in the mix of your, these thoughts that, try to, that you don't hold captive, your heart starts mixing in with it. And guess what, what happens when your heart starts dancing with it? Your emotions, 
your feelings, how your body feels, how it feels inside, it starts mixing in with it. It starts, then, you, then everything's starting to be taken over. doesn't happen overnight, but it's a slow process that is, is, is the death of many, of some children of God. I'm telling you, there was false, there's false prophets and false teachers that were at once children of God, that were at once burning for God. I can name names, but they've fallen away today. False prophets aren't just born. Yeah, this, you know, Pharaoh, but he was, he was grown up into that. He, his parents taught him that. But there's people that come into church today with a good heart and they're, going after, they're really going after God, but then they let the voice talk. They let the jealousy come and they don't kill it and they keep entertaining and keep entertaining. And that's why we have to be open with correction. Because there's times where we're letting that voice talk and we're not even realizing it. Why? Because we're sleeping. Because when we're spiritually sleeping, we start, our guard goes down and we start letting all these voice talks and these jealousy talks to us and all this stuff and getting into our heart. And we don't even really, we don't even really notice sometimes because we're so, so slumbering and so slothful in the spirit that these things are taking over our heart and we're not even realizing it. And that's, that's why. You have people here that love you, that love you, and leadership that loves you that will come to you and say, "Hey, I'm starting to notice, notice this. I'm, st- I'm starting to notice that because, yeah, you could have. I didn't have some. Sometimes you don't even. Have, sometimes you don't have to be corrected. But how do you stop that? Well, five weeks ago, if you could have stopped that jealousy or that lust getting in your heart, we didn't have to be here right now, correcting you. But we're that's okay. There's grace." We love you. Let's get back on it. But why waste the time, all those five weeks, going into, being into that, those, giving into those little, seed, little seeds, letting them grow, probably being, probably not even feeling the presence of God, probably not even getting things from heaven because you're slowly shutting down because of the compromise coming in your heart. We're going to, yes, we're going to mess up, but some things we don't have to fault. We don't have to give time to. Things, you know, there's grace, but did we... We messed up. God didn't mess us up. And yes, sometimes God leads us in places, but sometimes, you know why God was leading the children of Israel around the mountain, like Shane was talking about, like five, whatever it was, five weeks ago, right? Uh, He was leading around the mountain because their hearts needed to be changed. Over and over, they're going around. 40 years, they could have, didn't have to waste. And they could have been in the promised land maybe in 15 years. But they wasted their time by, by giving up their blessing for the morsel of meat. Over and over and over and said, God's saying, finally, when are you going to finally just give in to me and my rest and my want? He's telling the children of Israel, when are you finally going to do it? When are you, you going to finally hear my voice? They didn't have to go around 40 years. And eventually, you know what? And, I, and this is not going to happen here, but there will be some people that this is going to be their fate. Eventually, you know what? Some, a lot of those people that were walking the walk 40 years, they still don't even get there. To the promised land. And how much would it suck to not have the promised land here, but have to deal with guilt and shame and all this garbage because I didn't want to submit to the will of God and then finally go to heaven. We're here to not only just, we're not here just to get to heaven, we're here to bring heaven on earth, to enjoy God here. And if we really love him, that's what we're aiming for. And we do really love him, but we have to make sure our will is is not dripping in. We have to keep the little Eli's, the little foxes away. We have to snipe them out. We have to catch them. When God is, I'm telling you, God, when we have things in our heart, and this is what I've learned over time and even learned from Shane, 
when we have things in our heart, because God wants to take them out, sometimes He will ordain situations for you to go into just so you can manifest that thing and get it out. Just so that you can realize, holy cow, I got unbelief here. I got a lot of unbelief. I didn't even see this. And you got, met, got into a situation where maybe you were praying up here or something, and then, and then people, some people noticed, well, what you said was, that was not biblical. That was from, or whatever. And maybe God was just trying to show you that that's unbelief that's manifesting that. And now you just realize, oh my God, that's unbelief. Oh God, please kill that in me. And then, you, and then he kills it. And then I have one less thing to worry about. And then half of most of my problems that didn't have to be a problem are wiped out. Wiped out completely clean. Jesus, it's, it's all over the Bible in Revelations, rebuked his own bride. Said, you did this right, you did this right. And we hear this over and over, but it's serious. He di- you did all these things right. Your charity, your works, this and that and the third. And how the last is the first and all that. But this little thing I have against you, this woman you're tolerating... This, and he even just says those little things, those little spots, he says afterwards, repent to all those churches, most of those churches besides one. He said, repent or else I will take your candlestick away. Because God knows when there's a Jezebel spirit, God knows when there's a, a, a doctrine of Nicolaitans or whatever it is, jealousy, pride, four giants, whatever, when they are there, they grow and they get bigger and they grow stronger and they start taking out people. And that's why God is, I believe, I feel, He's on this. Like I said, we need, we need this is, this is things, because it's Jesus said, and He said at the end, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray. For what? Yes, we're, we're here as, as born-again believers, watching and praying for the coming of Christ, but what are we really watching and praying for? You know what we're watching and praying for? We're watching and praying for our heart. We're watching and praying for our own self. Do not fall nigh to the devil, to the lion that prowls around looking for someone who, can, who he can seek and devour, someone who's at their weakest place. That's, and just like when Jesus was tempted, it said the devil left and, and, and he, it said he was going to come back when, at the most opportune time, probably when Jesus is weak. And guess what he did at the garden, come, trying to come in to, to get, let, he, when Jesus said, God, take this cup from me. That's his flesh wanting to not do this. But guess what? Then, because Jesus was built up in the spirit and strong, and he was, well, he was Christ, so he was, he was, his mind was in submission, everything was in submission to the word. He was able to say, but your will be done. And still go through it and still press through his own flesh. This, we don't, you don't, there's things that you don't have to go through. And Father, right now, we thank you, God. That we will not frustrate the grace of God. And I want to say one more thing before I go on, before I finish here. I want to, I want to thank Shane and, Mar- Shane and Marlene. I've been meaning to tell them this, but God was showing me to tell them do this publicly. I want to thank Shane and Marlene because one day we were here and uh, Shane, remember, I don't know if you guys remember that day that Shane was like, let's come in and, and you know, uh, war and, and, and really, pre- and uh, uh, what's it called, uh, you know, uh, what was it that he said? Declare, declare and decree. And then I was like, I was like, you know, I, I want to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. But I was like, but I'm not feeling led to do it. I'm not feeling the Holy Spirit to do it. And then I was like, and then I did it, but I kind of did it half-heartedly. And then I talked to Shane and I was like, well, Shane, this is what it is. And, you know, I wanted to do it, but I didn't feel the Holy Spirit really leading me on it. 
And then the first thing he said to me, and I kind of, and I won't lie, bro, I kind of got a little annoyed at it, was, well, usually people like that have a spirit. People that are supposed to do something, but they're not feeling the Holy Spirit leading them. Usually there's a spirit stopping them. And he told me that. That stood out to me, but I didn't know why until later. And then I was just like, scratch my head. I'm like, spirit, like, what's going on? I was looking at every area of my life. I'm like, I don't get it. And then Marlene texted me around, and she was saying that, well, fear can stop you. Fear of messing up or fear of doing the wrong thing can stop you from going forth in what God's leading you to do. And then I still didn't even really get that, and I was, and I was pondering it, and then I just said, God, you know what? I don't see it. And, and this is one thing I want to excerpt before I go on, before I finish. Uh, it's a gift. It's a gift from God to be able to examine your heart, to be able to examine the deepest parts of your heart. Because when, I don't know who this is for, but I just feel like to say this. When you are letting things, seeds come in your life slowly but surely, it's like there's so much stuff built up and it's like you won't be able to take that jealousy out of your heart because there's all this other stuff in the way. It's like a big pile of crap and you're trying to take out this other thing in you. Like it's like, let's say you had a big garbage, right? And there was a Gatorade bottle you want to take out of the garbage and it was all piled around other, other different types of, uh, you know, drinks or whatever. And it's like you're trying to take that thing out, but it's like you, you can't find it because all this stuff is in the way. And that's what happens when we have all these other seeds coming in our heart, lust, pride, guilt, this, that, or the third. It's like we're trying to, sometimes it's like we even, we'll get corrected, right, about our jealousy or pride or something. But it's like we won't be able to pull it out or, because we can't see it. And we, can, and we can't see it because of all the other crap that's in our hearts. All the other crap that's in our minds that we, we entertain all along. So to really be able to examine and see that, that, you know, these things in our heart sometimes will be hard because of all the other crap that's in our heart. See, when you don't have crap in your heart, you only have a few things, it's so easy to see, you know it already. You don't have to look for it. But that's why in that case, if that's the case for your own life, that's why you have to ask God. It's a gift. God showed me it was a gift because there was at one time I couldn't even examine my own heart. That It's a gift to be able to see and examine your own heart. Paul said constantly examine your own heart. Constantly pray for your own heart. Constantly watch for your own heart. Constantly pray without ceasing. Why pray without ceasing? It's not just praying without ceasing just because just he said it. He's praying without ceasing so that you won't fall into temptation. So that you won't uh, fall into this, fall into that. So you won't get lazy. So that you won't get slothful. That's another thing too I want to hit on real quick. And, and I'm talking about myself. I'm not talking about certain people. I'm talking about myself too. This laziness too. We'll try to creep in. And laziness, you know what? Laziness is the open door for many spirits. You know, this thing that happened, I got my license back now, praise God. But all, I got my license taken away for a few days, all because I didn't do a stupid test. And I was thinking about, why did, you know, why didn't I do that test? And I remember when I said in my heart, oh, you know, you know, because I, I was, I, I was feeling I was supposed to do it quick. But I was just like, oh, you know, I'll do it later. Or I kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then I came to a place where I was like, because I kept doing that in my heart, it set my emo- I got it got so ingrained in my emotions that I was just like, I'm just not even gonna do it because of my laziness. Because it put it 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 it, it grew, and then I just said, oh, forget it. Something that I should have done, and now 140 bucks later, <laughs> and possibly another 166 if I don't beat this, you know, ticket, which I probably will down the drain just because I was I let a little seed in my heart. And I'm not trying to expose myself for, for any other reason, just so you can see how things can... And we know this, but this is we, these are things that 
throughout the Bible. Watch and pray for your soul. Capture thoughts. All these things are constantly in the Bible for a reason. For a reason. Because, and why is it, why is it so much of the topic that comes here and there throughout the Bible? Because it's very important. Because you're, there's a fight. So, but I, yeah, I wanted to finish that. Yeah, I want to thank them. And then, then after Marlene told me about the fear, yeah, I didn't want to, I didn't want to receive it so much. Because I was like, eh, I don't get it. But then I asked God to show me my heart. And I didn't really see anything, but I just asked God to break any fear that was holding me back from, uh, you know, fear. And then I started seeing, I was like, oh, when I, when the spirit, I felt, I really felt the spirit t- telling me one day to do that and do this and do that and do this. But I was so worried about whatever the other people were going to think because of it. But I was so worried about what Shane and Marlene were going to say. Or I was so worried about what this person was going to say. I was so worried about that. And, that. and then I started seeing the fear. And then I asked God to break it. He broke it. I came here the next day, with, and, and me and Ron came early for uh, outreach or whatever. And I just, and it was like I was being led to do anything and everything. I was, I was, I, I was praying, and I felt the, the urgency and the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and the grace of God to pray. I, and that one day, too, when you guys came in, and this is not to boast of myself. I'm just showing you when things break, the Spirit really moves on you. And there's, st- and I, there's still th- other things I have to break, but I'm just saying. Like that day, you know, that one day I came in, you guys came in and I was praying ready before you guys came. I prayed for, and like I said, this is not to boast myself, but I prayed for an hour and 18 minutes. I've never done that before on my own. But you see, the difference between that and other times when I've tried to do that is the, the power of God was keeping me there. The power of God was lifting me through that. Was, 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 I felt, the power of God was, was gracing me to do that. And, and if I didn't break that fear, I probably wouldn't have done that. Or I probably could have tried to do that, but the spirit wouldn't lift to me because all this fear was, was probably make, would probably be mixing in my heart. So when we break some things like jealousy and fear, the whole we get more, or we get we step into the fullness of the will of God, or in the other sense of the of the wave of what the spirit is doing. The more that we break things in, in our, that things break in us, the more we will be able to just flow with the Holy Spirit in everything we do, because our mind. Our, our carnal mind, not just our mind, but our carnal mind is trying to war with the spirit constantly, constantly. And over time, it gets easier because those things die, die, die. But that's, this, that's what you have to do is you have to recognize it, kill it and move on. Recognize it. Rec- it's really this. Recognize it. Bring it to God. And you know what? When you that, th- those moments when you're bringing things to God, like, oh, God, I, God, kill that jealousy. I feel so much for me. This is new for me. I feel so great doing that. And it's like I feel I feel the closeness with the Father. I feel that relationship really kicking in. Things, things, just little things like this enhance our intimacy with God. Just bringing simple things like, God, kill my pride. And then not only do you get in that intimacy and you're and what all of a sudden when you're doing that, you're in prayer. But when you do that, then it's like the more he's filling your life and the more your intimacy is growing. See, it's these simple things that keep us growing with him and keep us. Keep us uh, drenched in him. So, amen. Anything else, God? I think that's it. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that you... And, and, and it was funny because I played... God, I felt the Lord had me play some songs, some certain songs, and they were old songs. Uh, when you guys, like, you got Elaine heard it and some other people heard it. It was like, like uh, uh, Not My Will, God, the old one that we used to listen to, and Give Us the Grace. And I didn't realize till now that we this that those things are kind of mixing with what we're speaking about and also uh we do really need his grace 
and everything, every, I'm talking about everything down to the little thing to do, to do anything that God calls us to do. So right now, God, I thank you, Lord, that you give us the grace, Lord, to do what you're calling us to do, God. And I thank you, Lord, that you break religion in us, God, that you break uh, anything. That you should. I thank you, Lord, that you pour out your gift, Lord, of being able to show, being, for us being able to see and examine our own heart and see the little things that have bound us up for a long time. So see the little things that are, have kept us around the mountain over and over and over. You know, sometimes, like, things that we struggle with are because of other things. Like, like we may struggle with jealousy, and then there may be, that may manifest itself as, as another struggle in our life. But if we kill the jealousy, we probably won't have any uh, other things in our life. So there's roots to, other, to, to wrong fruits that if we kill, we won't have to deal with the fruit anymore. And I thank you, Lord, right now that you grace us, God. With what you're saying, God. And I thank you, Lord, that we would not be tempted, Lord, to go our own way, Lord, to do it our own way, to think our own way, to speak our own way, God. That we would be in line with your word and that we would capture every thought and everything that's trying to govern our will, that's trying to govern our emotions, that's trying to govern our feelings, God. I thank you, Lord, you sanctify us, God, from all that garbage. You sanctify our emotions. You sanctify our feelings. You sanctify our mouth, our mind, our heart. Give us, let us come back, let some of us come back to that place where we can just be purely in your will, purely after your will. Not one a will one day and your will the other day, but purely going after your will, God. Let us not be on one side and on the other side. Let us not be a double-minded man. And I thank you, Lord, that any man or any woman that is wrestling with their will or, or is doing their own will and trying to and doing God's will at the same time, that's a double-minded man. And Lord, I would thank you, I thank you, Lord, that you break the double-minded man in the church. That you would set a standard, that you would put the line in the sand and say, do my will or your will. Pick it. And I thank you, Lord, that all those who do your will, Lord, because I, I don't know, I one time was at this place. All those that do your will, God, will understand, God. That it is only by your grace and power that we can do your will. But we just have to say yes.